Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Citizens of Perfect Bell, football is back, and BetOnline remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's right, 100%. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect Perfectville. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your four and three third place Miami Dolphins, part of the Believe Network, presented by betonline.ag, streaming on Sirius XM. And I am Sam Marcoux, and he is the two time, yes, two time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about the good doctor himself, joining us live and in Technicolor, Dr. Christopher Colin. Doctor, how in the hell are you, my friend? It's funny, the room I'm in, my wife has this really bright light on. I just looked at myself and you said in color, but I'm so white. I look clear. And uh, the only thing popping is the Dolphins hat, honestly. But I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. Other than being uh, Irish and pale as can be, uh, Dolphins are on a win streak, Sam. So that's uh, it's great news. The ghost of Dolphins past. It's just a, flight, a floating white orb and a Dolphins logo flying around. Uh yeah, I mean, well, I mean, there's been some things that have been haunting this team, so it's appropriate considering that we're coming up on Halloween as well. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if it's quite a winning streak yet, Chris. It's it's one. It's a one-game winning streak, but they were on a losing streak prior to this Pittsburgh Steelers game, as I talked about on the Finstant Reaction Show earlier this week. Uh, it wasn't pretty, but uh, you know what? Sometimes you got to win an ugly one, and uh, the Miami Dolphins rolled up that ugly one and put it to bed, and uh, a couple days removed from that Sunday night game. What are your thoughts? Because I, I told everybody mine, but we haven't talked to you yet. What are your thoughts about the team's performance against the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night? It was the story of two teams. Uh, I felt like uh, first half, we looked great. Scripted plays. We're driving down the field, touchdown to Mostert. Even the uh, couple of um, field goals, you know, great drives. Tua looks good. He's getting rid of the ball quickly. We have a great game plan in play. Um, running the ball well, Moster uh, had had a great game again uh, as far as yards per carry goes. Um, nothing to really write home about. No big sacks. Everybody's worried about Tua. Uh, he looked fine. Uh, he looked good. And then the second half came and no points are scored. Uh, it's 16-13 halftime. You're like, okay, we're, we are 16-10 halftime. I'm sorry. And we're like, uh, we're okay. We're in a driver's seat. Uh, defense is playing well, really good. A um, couple of long drives by the uh, rookie there, uh, Kenny Pickett, who I think is going to be pretty good. I mean, he has some good drives, albeit against a very, uh, very, very weak and uh, injury ridden defensive backfield. Um, but he couldn't finish. And uh, that's what our defense did. Jalen Phillips, uh, uh, I've been calling this guy out publicly on Twitter. So I'll go ahead. Here's my apology in case he listens or someone else does. Um, playing great. Exactly what I wanted. I uh, just want the best for you, buddy. Uh, great. He's he's doing well. Uh, Xavier Howard did his thing. Uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, we get Bethel gets an interception. Uh, I heard a stat. I think he played like 60 snaps over the course of like the past four or five years total. And he played like 58 
on Sunday, <laughs> Sunday night. So uh, awesome for him to step up. That's great. Uh, we'll get into this a little bit more, Sam. Noah Iganabene. Igen now I can't even say his name after he does some, some good things. He has a good game, closes us out, gets his feet down. Can we talk about how bad that referee was, by the way? Right next to it, sees the catch, sees the feet, and goes, uh, incomplete. Thank God for instant replay. Yeah, and and uh, I think it was uh, the snowman Javon Holland who t- said it right away. Like, no, he got his feet down. We're replaying that. That that is the game clincher right there. Uh, and maybe it's a good thing that you can't pronounce Noah Igbenogane's name right now because he seems like a new player. So maybe he should get a new name. It's kind of funny, Chris, because last week you uh, we talked about this. We joked about it. He played decently against the Minnesota Vikings in a losing effort, and you were talking about how uh, even though he had a couple of passes defended, he should have caught him. And you were giving him some crap about that. And then he comes in here on this game. I think he listens to the show and said, fine, I will catch it at the most opportune time when everybody's uh, collective butthole as a Miami Dolphins fan is puckered because concussed rookie Kenny Pickett is driving down the field. Brandon Jones is out. And now we know out for the season with a torn ACL. We'll talk about that a little bit more here in just a little bit. And uh, and I'll, I'll just go ahead and get my hands on this ball. I'll get my feet tapped in like I'm Devontae Parker in my prime. And I'm just going to fall to the back, fall to the ground and hold it. Uh, meaning the ball all the way through. So it could not have been a better, he had to have been over the moon. I mean, you you could just see the relief, like basically oozing off of him once he took his helmet off and you could see all of his teammates so happy because they know, I mean, they're not dumb. He, he, he isn't that good of a player. He hasn't shown himself to be a first round talent, but you can tell that they like the guy. I mean, they're so happy for him. I mean, obviously he clinches the game, but I think on a personal level, they're like, good, man, maybe the fans will leave you alone for a little bit. Maybe the media will shut up about you for a few days. You know, maybe there's going to be somebody who wants to actually interview you about something good you did. You can just tell his teammates were super happy for him. Personally, you know, now a few days away from this game, I feel better about it than I did even when I did the Finston reaction show. Um, I'm not sure there, there's some fixable things, uh, but I really like the way this offensive line played in this game. I, I thought Raheem Mostert ran the ball pretty well. Uh, they obviously kept Tua clean. Clearly, there was an emphasis on getting rid of the ball faster if you're Tua Tungavailoa. Um, but he kind of broke his own rules a few times, Chris. I mean, what were your thoughts on Tua going head first uh, a few times over? I mean, he slid once, but he showed up about two yards short of the first down, and I think he was like, nah, fuck this. I'm going to play ball the way I play ball. Were you uh, were you happy, sad, scared, excited all at once? What was, uh, what was going through your head when he decides to take on Devin Bush, of all people, head first? Um, terrified, scared, nervous, not happy, not excited. To a tongue of Iloa, slide, please, God, slide. Um, look, as a competitor, as a former football player, of course, I get it. You're out there, the lights are on, it's national TV. You'd been sitting there thinking about this game all day long. You get out there and you're like, oh, I'm going to show them I'm fine by putting my shoulder down and hitting, trying to truck a uh, NFL linebacker. Sam, we talked about this last week. Uh, this isn't old. Uh, Nick Saban's been telling to a Duncan Valoa to protect himself for the team, for himself, for his future. Um, had an interview, of course, as a national TV game, has an interview with the uh, uh, interviewee. Uh, and, and of course, is like, you know, I got to do things to make uh, make it correct and, and and protect my career. And then he goes out and every I don't think there's anybody that wasn't pulling their hair out like, please, to a get down. 
You know what? The funniest part, and uh, people can't see this. The funniest part actually right now is that as Chris was talking, his entire microphone uh, contraption, the microphone, the articulated arm that's holding his microphone with the pop filter was slowly descending, like just going down an escalator. And instead of just trying to stop it, because Chris is such a professional, and I mean this sincerely, instead of trying to stop it from happening, he just kind of sunk with it. Like, I might release that video Chris, because you're just going down with the microphone so you can finish your point. Uh, that was pure entertainment. Well done by you. That is a professional radio slash podcast person right there. I know we haven't gotten to a decade and 10 years to where we're going to be really good at this one day, but I saw that thing in the peripheral. Like I don't see bugs, but I saw the mic moving and I was able to left hand grab that thing and continue talking without missing a beat. I will give, that's why I have two, uh, aqua jackets. And that's why I have a doctorate in dolphins fanhood. (laughs) I'm still worried about it falling, but we're good. We're good. We're back and rolling. And uh, unlike Tua, my mic was getting down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I, I'm i actually here in Las Vegas. You could probably see in the background. I'm in my hotel room right now. And I was just down at a conference talking to another guy about podcasting. I, it, you would have thought we were the two biggest dorks in the world because he does podcasting for a living. I do podcasting for a living. And we're talking about equipment. We're talking about software. We're talking about techniques. And I'm like, hey, man, I got to go. I got to go record one of my podcasts. We like high five. And I'm like, by the way, what's your name? He's like, does it matter? I'm like, no, it doesn't. So anyway, um, we're all about that podcast life here. So we, we'll maybe we'll get it done in nine years as opposed to 10. But uh, anyway, point is, I, I know this isn't going to be a popular opinion. And I know that talking about this, I liked seeing Tua Tungabailoa take those guys on. I liked him saying, fuck it. I'm putting on the black hat. And you know what? Pull me out of this game. Now, had he gotten his bell ring again, <laughs> I'd probably be singing a different tune. But the fact that he he, he lowered his shoulder, he, he looked like he was trying to protect himself, even though he was playing hard, gritty football. And he got up, no issues, and got right back into the huddle. I thought that sent a message to his teammates. I thought that sent a message to his coaching staff. And I thought it sent a message to the media and the NFLPA in general. Like, you're not going to stop me from playing the game the way I need to play it. Now, could he be a little more selective as to who he wants to lower the, the shoulder on? Maybe not Devin Bush. I mean, maybe, maybe Reggie Bush. But uh, let's not... Uh, I don't know. I, I liked it. The fact that he got up, got back into the huddle and said, okay, let's just keep going forward. Now, the funny thing to me, the thing that I think he needs to correct, Chris, is did you see his, for lack of a better term, juke move right before he lowered his helmet? It it's was so like bad. it was like seeing an unathletic kid do an imitation of of, of, a, of a good football player. It, he, he tried to fake right. He over-exaggerated his head whip, and uh, he did not juke out Devin Bush. He went he went right, nope, I'm going left, psych, see ya, and then boom, here comes the hit half a second later. So uh, if he has to work on anything, Chris, yes, getting down and getting rid of the ball a little bit faster, not having to make a play all the time, but also if you are going to run and you are going to go and try to get around a defender, you got to work on your footwork, my friend, because uh, – that juke move was god awful, and if it was a tweet, I would have deleted it. But um, no, it, lo, lo, long story short, the Miami Dolphins come up sixteen to ten. I had it twenty eight to ten, so I had the ten part right for uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I thought our offense was going to be just a little more dynamic. I think I had Tua coming out with four touchdowns and and over a hundred yards each for both. You know, Tyreek and Jalen didn't quite get there, but I thought Jalen Waddle played a fantastic game. I mean, I went back and rewatched. He only had four receptions, over 80 yards receiving. One of those catches might have been his last one, Chris. You probably know what I'm talking about. He jumped to the moon to go yeah. get that ball and come back down. I did not know Penguins could fly. Uh, I thought maybe Aronde Gadsden had, you know, taken over Jalen Waddle's soul for half a second with that athletic feat. 
Um, what are your thoughts on the other players? Tyreek, Jalen Waddell, uh, Raheem Mostert, Chase Edmonds, Mike Gesicki, all the role players around Tua on offense. How did they play in your mind? Um, I'll start with Waddle. Uh, just so impressed by him, especially after coming off of a tough week. We both agreed, and I'm sure he would too, that we might win that game if he doesn't have the mistakes he has, even with Tua not in the game. Super surprising he only had five targets. Like, I really, when I saw that stat, it's only had five targets. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Tyreek Hill had 13. Um, super surprising to me, but um the game really didn't dictate it i guess i mean he still led the team in receiving with 88 yards of a buck 50 combined if you talk about hill and and waddle so even in a game where and this is great a, a great problem to have sam is where in our opinion they probably didn't have the best game statistically and they still combined 150 uh yards so i mean it, it, that's great i mean obviously they still have minka uh, they came in with a plan to stop the deep ball. And like you mentioned earlier, we kind of dinked and dunked a little bit and took over the middle of the field. Tanner Vlosky did a great job of breaking down Tua's reading, uh, his footwork, and getting the ball out quickly. I thought Kiseki did okay. Um, three catches uh, for him for 27 yards, not like huge. Mostert with four catches, including the touchdown, of course. Uh, great game for him because he 79 yards and 16 carries. That's almost a five yard per carry clip. Saw a cool stat yesterday, which by the way, Mostert was on NFL uh, now with Andrew Siciliano. And he, um, they mentioned his yards per carry with uh, at least 350 yards. Sorry, I'm sorry, carries. He's like number three or four yeah. behind yeah. like Bo Jackson and like a couple other like NFL legends. Uh, his yards per carry are great. Honestly, I think he should have got more carries. Because uh, Chase Edmonds, in my opinion, had a horrible game. He did not um, play well. Did not play well. He leads the league in drops. Sam saw that from our good friend Jason. He let me know that. And then there's a picture going around in a video as well as on Reddit. I saw and I saw it on Twitter where Edmonds on that fourth down call where people are questioning um, McDaniel's uh, decision to do it. If he just runs straight, <laughs> like the the hole is huge blocking was set up he instead cuts it into the backside of the um lineman i don't know if he's not getting the playbook uh he's just having a very disappointing year considering the money we're giving him and i'm just clamoring now for even more carries for raheem Mostert. just stop giving them to uh edmonds at this point uh him even having seven carries um that could be gaskin splitting carries or giving more to Mostert. he only had 16. Yeah, I'm hearing about, you know, Miles Gaskin more and more. And, and I like Miles, don't get me wrong, but I'm not ready to give up on Chase Edmonds because I do think he adds an element in that passing game in general. Obviously, right now, that's not happening. He's he's got five drops on the season, like you said, tied, I think, for the league lead. He did miss that hole on fourth and three, but I would say we missed that call on fourth and three. I stand by what I tweeted out at that point, which was Kick it. it is a very low scoring game. Jason Sanders actually has momentum on his side in this game. It's a chip shot. You let Jason Sanders go out there and let you go up two scores because if Kenny Pickett had gotten that ball into the end zone with whatever it was a minute and a half left, we probably lose this game 17, 16 and that decision becomes even more paramount. So I think Mike McDaniel has to learn when to hold him and when to fold him because later in the game, he actually punted on fourth and three when I'm like, that's the one I would have gone for right now. I think I know what he was trying to do. We, we ran it on third and three, didn't get anywhere. And he puts them back out there and it's kind of a quick snap, same play. And yeah, Chase Edmonds probably missed the hole, but uh, 
I would have given the ball to Tua Tungavailoa in that in that instance. I would have said, Tua, you're going to go out and you're going to go complete this ball to Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle or Mike Kosicki or Chase Edmonds out of the backfield, whatever, as opposed to that run play, if you're going to go for it. So I thought the decision was wrong, but then the play call on top of it was even worse. And then the execution, probably the worst of all, right? So it was just kind of an embarrassment on that play. But in general... I'm happy with this game. Uh, I think the biggest concern I have in this game is the fact that we lost Brandon Jones, because if there's anything that the Miami Dolphins need less of is injuries to that defensive backfield, especially to Brandon Jones, who, when you run this defense, the way it's supposed to be run is critical to that pass rush. I mean, you talked about Jalen Phillips who's heating up. I, I'm seeing something with him too, Chris. It seems like he starts the season a little bit slow, a little low, and then gets this momentum. And he's just a streaky player. We saw it his rookie year. I think we're seeing it now. It looks like he's getting ready to just gobble up these uh, quarterbacks over the next few weeks. So I'm, I'm here for it. It's going to be fun to see, but these injuries uh, we're going to talk about it in segment number two, Chris doesn't even know this because we were only going to do two segments, but we're going to do three. I'm going to add one here called, uh, well, what do we do about that? That's what we'll call it. Sure. Ooh, why not? The old switcheroo, the old Perfectville switcheroo. The old Perfectville switcheroo. There's that weird roundabout in the middle of town there. And all of a sudden you're going right. Nope. Going right uh, to the left over there. But uh, anyway, final thoughts on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, uh, all the subplots, Mika Fitzpatrick dropping a couple of interceptions. Uh, Brian Flores losing in his, uh, his return, his revenge game, quote unquote, to Tua. Did you see Tua's quote about not talking to Brian Flores after the game? Uh, Tua coming back, Stephen Ross coming back. There were so many subplots here. I mean, uh, what were your, what's your overall takeaway from this game? My overall takeaway, and I'll put it in a nutshell, is this. We, we played on national TV. We waited all day. Uh, all eyes on us. We were in gorgeous throwback uniforms. The home crowd was great. Uh, Pittsburgh's fans always travel, so I wasn't worried about the Fairmouth chants and uh, things like that. Uh, we, we, I don't, we talked about this before the show, Sam. I never was worried about this game um, at all, and I felt completely in control. I thought if Pickens did score there, we go down and win the game on a field goal. I, I really? think their defense was stopping us. Um, our defense played pretty well. I mean, Ogba's out. All of our defensive backs are out. Those guys will eventually be healthy. Not Brandon Jones, unfortunately, get well, um, but all in all, in a nutshell, we beat an AFC team. You mentioned it, uh, I think, on air, but definitely before the show. I know you did. We were on a losing streak. And we just needed a win no matter how dirty, ugly it was. Uh, and, and now we start the quote-unquote soft part of our schedule uh, coming off of a win. And it's something that you build on. And, and it, it, Tua maybe had a little rust in the second half on off-scripted plays. Um, we had a down game, quote-unquote, for Hill and Waddle, and we still won against an AFC opponent. Uh, we are now what two and oh against the uh, no two and one against the AFC North, uh, with the Browns still coming up without Deshaun Watson. So, yeah, I'm feeling good, man. Um, good win, like, like you said, just you got to get a win on the board. Teams that make the playoffs in the NFL, especially now, I said this actually in my uh training class at work, and I, I'll mention it to you, Sam. If someone told you preseason that this we'd be in this week right now with all these 500 or close to 500 teams. Um, with uh, the Eagles being undefeated, with uh, Geno Smith outplaying Russell Wilson, the Broncos are trash, and the Jets have a winning record. No one would believe you. I mean, the NFL is complete parody with a capital P, and for us to be four and three in an absolute thick of it with a soft part of our schedule coming up and all those AFC teams beating each other up, uh, you can't be more than happy than than we are now. Like, absolutely. And on top of that, you have the San Francisco 49ers and we have their first round draft pick. They have a losing 
schedule right now in terms of a record. Uh, and they're playing the Los Angeles Rams, who at some point the Rams are going to have to do something and beat these Niners. So it's very possible that we have a pretty decent draft pick coming in, depending on what they do. Now that they have Christian McCaffrey, they uh, they could go on a winning streak themselves. But uh, we'll talk about uh, all kinds of things. We'll talk about the throwback uniforms. We're going to talk about these injuries. We're going to talk about this running backs room. We're going to talk about possible trades in a segment I like to call, well, what did I call it earlier? What are we going to do about that? Right after these words. Citizens of Perfectville, Dolphins fans, football fans of all types. Are you looking for that perfect gift this holiday season to get the football guy in your life? Well, head to shop.believe.com and pick up the Cheetah Deuce shirt today. That's right. The very own swag, the very own merchandise, the official merchandise of Welcome to Perfectville can be found at shop.believe.com. You can find it in white, heather gray, or black. You can get it in medium, large, extra large, 2XL. So for the skinny guy or the fat guy and everybody in between, head to shop.believe.com and get the Cheetah Deuces shirt today. And thank me later, because they're going to thank you later. Probably with awesome stuff, like high fives and hugs and everything else. Shop.believe.com. And we're back. Chris Cullen, Sam Marku, welcome to Perfectville, part of the Believe Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. And Chris, we talked about so much in recapping that Pittsburgh Steelers game a little bit earlier here in segment number one. And we we alluded to the fact that there's some things going on with the Miami Dolphins, as there always is. And I don't know that we have answers to all the questions. So maybe now is the time that we just revealed everybody that when the answers do come, they come from Chris Cullen. They come from Sam Marku. We sit down with the brass, with the, with the, with the upper echelon of the Miami Dolphins uh, team, the front office, the coaches, even some of the players. Yep, that's true. And uh, they ask us some questions and say, well, what are we going to do about that? And Chris and I, we offer our sage advice. And whether whether or not they take it or not, uh, you know, that's on them. I can tell you with certainty, all the times that they've taken our advice, good things have happened. And the times that they haven't, uh, bad things have happened. So we've got a pretty good track record. And uh, um, I can prove it because I just said it. And yeah. you have to believe it. So yep. anyway, we'll uh, we'll just open it up here. You know, this is this is our process here. What are we going to do about that, Chris? And uh, right now, one of the things that's got, that's staring us in the face is that this defensive backfield is extremely injured. We have a uh, cornerback two through five that have been down with various injuries. And then, of course, you have Xavier Howard, uh, CB number one uh, with groins injuries. And of course, now we lose Brandon Jones for the season with an ACL tear. And we're bringing in former players like Jamal Perry. Uh, we're looking at people like Noah Igbenogene to be a starting cornerback when we have all been trashing him over the last two and a half years, and rightfully so, up until recent. Um, what are we going to do about that, Chris? I mean, how are we going to overcome all these injuries to the defensive backfield? Because at some point, we are going to play a team that has a quarterback and wide receivers and a decent offensive game plan that is going to expose this immensely. So what are we going to do about that? Last week, we mentioned um, trading. <laughs> the Eagles just traded for uh, Robert Quinn, defensive end from the Bears. They're all in. Chips are on the table. Um, the Jets lose Brees Hall, great rookie. First thing they do is trade for Robinson from the Jaguars. I mean, immediately. Um, so they're 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 on, on it, too. They're not giving up on the season. We are down multiple defensive backs. We have until November 1st, Sam. To make a trade, and I honestly think Chris Greer needs to be. Hopefully, he is. We don't know if he isn't um, on the trade lines right now, calling all around the league of these teams that are one and five, two and four, whatever, um, and seeing, hey, do you have anyone that like can walk that 
knows how to open their hips and play defensive uh, back because we need them bad. Uh, somebody mentioned, I saw, I saw on the Reddit to it, uh, uh, feed Sam, you love this. Somebody asked is what is Tony Lippett doing right now? <laughs> like, honestly, there's like, I mean, we need to go get defensive backs. We need them now. Uh, we brought in Malcolm Butler for, um, a workout who now I actually looked up his stats, not bad four picks and a hundred tackles in 2020. Um, that's the last time he played. It was for Tennessee. I, I, I totally fever dream. Don't even remember that. I think it was COVID <laughs> season. Um, so that's why no one in the crowd, no one even realized. But um, we got to do something, Sam. We have to make a trade. The deadline's in a few days. Uh, get on it, Chris Greer, because we need to bring bodies into this building now. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm just looking, and we'll get into this a little bit more, but I'm just looking at the the, the initial injury report for the Miami Dolphins against the Detroit Lions. And I don't even know if they have either team has enough players to actually field a team right now based on what I'm seeing. I think the Miami Dolphins have 15 people on their injury report right now. And uh, that includes, Jesus. by the way, safety, Clayton Fajetta, who is, I think, fifth on the depth chart for uh, the safety. And then, of course, you've got um, uh, Xavier Howard on there. Actually, Xavier Howard is not on here. I take that back. No, he is. He's right there. He didn't even participate. But he's down to one groin. <laughs> He's down to one groin injury. So <laughs> then we have that going for us. We're down to one. We don't have multiple groins to worry about with Xavier Howard. But even the plate people that we're now having to depend on are on this injury report. Cater Kahu was limited. Uh, Keon Crossan was limited. Uh, was limited. Um, there's just there's a number of players on here that I'm kind of looking at like, are you going to be available? Because if you're not. <laughs> Well, both those guys you just mentioned were out Sunday night. So if they're limited, hopefully that's good news and they're progressing. Um, But again, we're talking about Crossan and Kahoo. Like, I mean, I I know he did some great things in the limited time he's played, but are we really rolling into Buffalo again? And are we rolling into these (laughs) these Steve Green Bay? And we're like, uh, yeah, we're good. We got Kahoo and and Crossan. And no offense to those guys, but I mean, yeah, we got Holland. Yeah, we got Xavier Howard on one groin. And now we're counting on Noah Ignabene to actually uh, be a serviceable NFL football player. It, it's it's it, it's not it's great, scary. Bob. Yeah, the no. quote Mad Men. It's not great, Bob. I'm like we uh, we we need some bodies. Crossing and Ken Kahoo sounds like a couple of like uh, sounds like a band from, from like the '60s. Yeah, I was gonna say it sounds like uh, Crossing like, and Kahoo opening like for remember, Credence Clearwater Revival. You remember Steve from Blues Clues? <laughs> Who could it's, forget Steve? Yeah, it feels way like, better than Joe, by the way. Steve yeah, was sucked. Team Steve. Fuck you, Joe. But uh, <laughs> Steve and Blue would be like walking around the house and be like, oh, look at that. It's 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 crossing in Kahoo. Hey, guys, <laughs> what's going on? Like, oh, we're just over here injured. I have a bad hip and I have a bad knee. Yay. Well, let's put it in our trusty notebook. Like, that's it. But Sam. Like. Okay. <laughs> everybody's hitting pause right now and laughing so they don't miss the next part of this you're in stand-up comedy why you need to be doing children's <laughs> television shows because that's hilarious crossing and kahoo is definitely like the two mice that live like in the cover yeah. and they're coming out to talk to blue and blues clues like unbelievable yeah like the it's the crossing and kahoo it's crossing and kahoo hey guys Boom, 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 boom. Whatever the stupid. Someone's got young young kids at home. (laughs) (laughs) I can never be the host of a a kid's show because I can't imagine me doing more drugs, but that's what it would have to be in order for me to uh, (laughs) 
to host a show and just not off myself after one episode. I don't know. I, 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 uh, somebody, rec- uh, somebody recommended Blippy to me the other day, and I'm no longer friends with that person. I, like, it's the most insane. I, you don't have to deal with Blippy because you got a kid that like drives a car now. I saw it on, on, on Instagram, but the, Blippy is the worst fucking thing I've ever seen in my goddamn life. And I've seen the one in 15 Miami Dolphins from yesteryear. Blippy, I, I was like, I'm going to throw something at my expensive ass TV. I'm so mad at this. And somebody's like, well, I need to just turn it off. I'm like, no, because I need to see how bad this is. But I did call <laughs> the person back who told me to recommend this for my son. And I was like, you fuck you, man. Like, I don't, I'm not coming to Christmas dinner, mom. That's fucked up what you just did to me. But uh, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, lucky I don't know what Blippy is, and I don't even know if I want to look at it after uh, you just went on that rant. (laughs) I wanted to hang myself. It was so bad. But uh, (laughs) all right. Speaking of things that uh, make me want to hang myself, I I, I watched the Sunday night football game, Chris, and I don't know if it was the cameras from NBC or if it was just, you know, the night lights or whatever, but the uniforms the Miami Dolphins were wearing. I'm beating a dead horse here, which is what they do on Blippi as well, by the way. But uh, I'm watching them in the throwbacks. They're obviously honoring the 50 year anniversary of the 1972, which, by the way. Shout out to the remaining surviving people uh, from 1972. <laughs> but can we not put the camera on them uh, up in the luxury box? Half those guys were drooling. The other half were like, we don't know where the fuck we are. Like, it was so, I felt so bad. Like, come on. Like, it's been 50 fucking years. We can celebrate it by showing the 72 Dolphins in the Ring of Honor. Show the highlights. But come on, don't drag them. Let them go home and let them just hang out with their families. Like, it was so bad. Like, the game I, started I really... so late. Those guys are 900% <laughs> in bed that, that time, normally at home. Um, there's a point pregame where, like, Zonka's on the sideline and Kim Camper like, sits down, um, you know, next to uh, Bob Greasy, who's fucking tanked. You can just oh, tell yeah. he's just sitting there, his head's hanging, like, I should be announcing with Don Strzok right now. And, like, <laughs> which, of course, I said his name correctly. Bob Greasy wouldn't have. That was just me paraphrasing. But Don Stork. Uh, yeah, Stork, exactly. Um, yeah, stop showing them. Poor Zonka. It's like walking uh, with a cane. A cane. Yeah. Like, and, and he, what are we doing? I don't know. They showed one guy, and he, I mean, he clearly has CTE through his fucking ass, and he's just on, you know, up in his seat. And he's wearing the jersey. He has no clue that I even played for the Miami Dolphins back in 1972 at this point. It's just kind of, it's so bad. But that's not where I was going with this. I'm going to get so much hate mail for that. Uh, where I'm going with this is that the uniforms look good. The stadium looked even better. I love the end zone with that Argyle sort of orange and teal or sorry, Uncle Marine. Uh, coloring the old school logo and everybody's been preaching it. You see it every single time we bring the throwbacks out every single season, you get the national media. It's like the only time we get praise from the national media and they're telling us, why don't they wear these throwbacks all year round? And I'm to the point where I'm like, yeah, why don't we, I don't understand. Like, are we just killing it in freaking logo sales with the new swimming fucking dolphin? Like, what are we going to do about this, Chris? Like, why are we not in these throwbacks year round? There has to be a rule or something uh, because the NFL is usually pretty strict. They just got rid of that rule this year where you have to have the same color helmet all year, like super still not fun league when it comes to stuff like that. Like let them fucking wear, you know, spaceship colored camouflage. Like who cares? Like let's do you not like making money. Like that's my thing. Like it has to be because they're still selling at a decent clip, current logos, and they now can sell double dip. And if they switch just the throwbacks, they're taking away some of their 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 profit. It has to be. 
who gives a shit? Like, you see what the San Diego Padres wear as a baseball team? They wore something the other day that I was like, we were all on acid. Like, this is not even a color combination that could possibly be thought of. They were all just tripping balls right now. Like, but Major League Baseball is like, wear whatever the fuck you want. I mean, basketball is kind of the same way. I mean, I, feel, I saw the Lakers in like black uniforms the other night. And I'm like, what is that? But who gives a shit? They call it the Black Mamba series. I'm like, oh, okay, Kobe Bryant. Now you're selling more shit. Like, why can't they just... I don't know. It's it's so, and I don't understand the same color helmet rule. Like, if it's to the regulations for concussions, then what? Who fucking cares what color helmet it is? If it's like the helmet itself is actually protecting and doing what it's supposed to do, it makes no sense to me whatsoever. I think personally, we have to just say, "Damn it, we're going to these throwbacks." Which, by the way, we have more just like sustained success for whatever reason in those colors, in that uniform, in that palette of everything. Like, why not just go there full time? Get rid of this. I mean, what are the good memories of the current logo, Chris? Like when you think of the logo that you are wearing on your helmet, on on your helmet, on your head right now, what's what what comes to mind? What is the number one thing when you see that logo? You go, okay, yeah. Two things, Ryan Tannehill and that whole thing and Jay Ajayi and us going to the playoffs. Like that's it. But the throwbacks immediately, Chris Chambers and Zach Thomas winning against the Cowboys, you know, uh, uh, us, Jay Cutler, I think uh, were the throwbacks when we beat the Patriots. I might be wrong on that, Uh, but the throwbacks. And to be fair, I was just giving you a reason why we haven't to be fair. I'm in total agreement with you. Like they're gorgeous. The gray face masks with like the stripes on the side and the socks, like, Absolutely gorgeous. Non-Dolphins fans are on social media saying, why aren't these the permanent jerseys? Tom Garfinkel, know you're a friend of the show. Saw you on the sidelines talking to Zonk in that actual situation I was bringing up earlier of the very obviously tanked Bob Greasy. <laughs> Make it permanent. Like, I don't know if it's because it's been too soon, but we went from like a dolphin wearing a helmet to a cartoon dolphin wearing a helmet to a toothpaste cruise ship logo. Just go to the throwbacks. It's not rocket science. It's not hard. They're gorgeous. I hate them with a passion, but the Bills did the right thing and went back to their throwbacks. And in my opinion, look insanely better than the horrible blue helmets that they used to have. I mean, just do it. Everyone's clamoring for it. The players love it. I mean, just even see it. it, it, You brought it up, Sam. Watching the game Sunday night, just seeing Tyreek Hill in the first time in it. I was like, damn. There's Tyreek Hill in the throwbacks for the first time. It's fucking dope. Like, it's just, it's different. There's a different feel for it. Bring them back. With the modern equipment and the throwback look, look, it's just chef's kiss. I wonder if Tom Garfinkel was talking to Zonk and he's like, hey, how are you getting home? And he's like, ah, Greasy's driving me. And he's like, nah, man, we're going to get you an Uber. This is... What what's an Uber? <laughs> I played with a Dave Uber in 1978 <laughs> in the USFL. No, Mark Uber was with Marino, not us. That's duper, sir. But okay, all right. You don't all correct right. Larry Zonka with a fucking cane in his hand. No, you don't I, do it. That's a good point. I mean, I'm talking shit about them, but if Larry Zonka was here right now with a cane, I would make sure I'm at least eight feet away from that motherfucker because he will hit you in the head. He doesn't care who you are or what you've accomplished. You're not Larry fucking Zonka. And because you're not Larry fucking Zonka with a cane, that means he has every right in his power to hit you with his Larry Zonka fucking cane. So, yes, I agree. I agree there. I take everything back that I ever said about Larry Zonka and the Zonka Strader. I loved it on American Gladiators, sir. Thank you very much. Enjoy Alaska and all the fish that you catch probably with your teeth. Yeah, he does. He's a monster. And, and honestly, let's talk. I mean, we're going off rails here. This is what we do. Um, American Gladiators, one of the best shows ever. Like they, they, they like one of the best shows ever. Nit- Nitro, Blazer. 
Blazer's not Blazer Blaze. What Blaze? Blazer. Blaze. It wasn't just like a cardigan running around. Uh, yeah. How many American gladiators can you name? Like legit names of American gladiators. Like there's there's Gemini. Gemini was fantastic. Yeah. There's Nitro. Uh, there's Nitro. Laser. Jazz. I think was one. Was Jazz I, one? There was definitely a basketball team called the Jazz. Um, and a wrestler called the jazz. How about this? This is always my fucked up, the fucked up one. There was a deaf female gladiator that they really, named. yeah. Yeah. And you know what they named her siren. <laughs> I shit you not. She's a Isn't sh- glacier one glaciers one. I think, no, or am I thinking of WCW wrestlers? <laughs> you're calling you're making, making up, which by the way, like they were kind of one in the same, right. But yeah, yeah, no glacier was a, uh, was a wrestler, uh, if I'm not mistaken, but uh, Tower, yeah, the, he was a very tall guy. Tower, very, yeah. Sky, who was the female, very tall one. Um, I watch this shit all the time. I was I was into it. Um, can you name the referee, the name of the referee on American Gladiators? No, but I can name the one from Guts, isn't it? Um, <laughs> um, it starts with an Mo. M. And she, Mo, she was Australian. Michael Malley hosting Guts. Oh, man, that was like the... Gotta kid, have it. Yeah, kid version of American Gladiators. Like yeah, nostalgia. Yes, that's what happens when we go, and I'm going to say it again, we go on a win streak, Sam. It's a win streak. One game's a streak because you can't go on a streak without winning the first one. So I'm going to call it like I see it. Um, and, and now nostalgia overload. We're talking about American Gladiators. And uh, how about the, the game where they have to put the soccer balls into like the that trash weird, cans? Yeah, and like yeah. they would fucking just like ear hole the shit out of these contestants. Like it was fucking and they were on like astroturf so you know that shit fucking hurt no, when they got not drilled a, not only were they on astroturf turf, chris underneath that was fucking concrete warehouse i mean that was a tv <laughs> studio and it just rolled out like the thinnest gauge of carpet out there and said okay your goal is to take that ball and get past that monster of a human being and shove it into this trash can and uh oh yeah if you don't they're going to murder you. And like, that's yeah. what happened. That, that game was they took not- it so personal <laughs> when you scored on them that they would all fucking aim at you. The next time you grabbed a ball and you're getting scooped in like high and load by like these just steroidal <laughs> jacked freaks. We need an actual like proper Netflix documentary, like four part on American gladiators. Cause I remember reading stories about like nitro and them. They would like fucking like shoot up yeah. like steroids and like lift for 30 minutes before. So they look pumped as fuck on television and just would absolutely clothesline. And they had to sign waivers. So these guys can just fucking end the life of these assholes. My, my favorite, my favorite was the one where the, the American gladiator was behind a protective glass. And then they had a tennis ball, fucking ball launcher shooting tennis balls at a hundred miles an hour at these poor bastards running station to station, trying to shoot with a nerf dart, a target so that smoke would come up and cover up the American gladiator. So it's like, it's not, it's not hard enough that they have to get clotheslined to fucking hell by these guys for five games. But now we're going to give them a rocket launcher with tennis balls. And that always get- went crooked. Oh my Always God. went crooked. Yeah, that, that little arrow. But like when they would get tagged with that tennis ball, it's like it would be a welt the size of Delaware on the side. And of it always hit ass. them in like the liver and like yeah. the jugular, like every time. And then like it, it, here's the thing: even if you got through that fucking gauntlet, the last one was like one on one. Like you had a one v one Oklahoma. Like a guy, yeah, throw tennis balls. Yeah. Like 
fucking as the guy's just like pelting you with like paintballs and Tommy guns like that shit was fucking incredible <laughs> that if you couldn't throw the fucking fake grenades like you just didn't have the you know the strength that it's just like well just army crawl your ass to the safety around a corner with like no protection so these poor bastards are out there army, army crawling and just and at this point the tennis ball is about from like this microphone to my face and it's just like <laughs> I just love that show they, they, you saw people die on national TV yeah. it was fantastic the gauntlet at the end was great with like the fucking treadmill going backwards you're running up and then there's like this former like you know uh boswell or you know the boz bosworth is sitting there like holding like a pad and like you had to go through like these paper doors and pick the right one and if you pick the wrong one it was a fucking six five 250 pound guy just juiced to the gills fucking scooping you into the goddamn corner of a fucking wooden production set like and then you had to you've done been doing this all day you're doing rings and shit remember the rings they like wrapped their legs around you oh my god <laughs> swinging on these rings and then you get these fucking creatures that are seven foot eight <laughs> and they just fucking spider leg out and grab you and you're just like and then they just like, fucking yank you to hell like yeah. they just pull you off the rings and like if you were strong enough to just hold that gladiator and just hold on for dear life so that the time would go out they'd like just like take your fingers and just like fucking break them so that you would fall <laughs> It was amazing. What Greatest an amazing show. And then like uh, to win, you have to do the bicycle thing. You have to like go, oh my God, the bicep strength you had to have. Like, and, and meanwhile, they're probably not even feeding you. And like in between, like, like uh, in between sets and commercial breaks, they're still getting like just steroid pills and like, you know, turkey legs and sandwiches for protein to continue. It was and unbelievable. If you were, and if you were the grand champion, like you won that entire tournament, which means you, which means you were on the show like four times because you would progress through that tournament. I honestly think it was like a $10,000. Yeah. You won like $80. Yeah. And, and after taxes, it was probably like 5,500, which doesn't cover your medical expenses from, you know, what the time they made you climb up a tower and a guy just fucking kicked you in the face and then you fell to your death again. Like it, 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 the, the risk reward ratio of that show was fascinating to me that they got anybody to sign up and actually be a part of it. It's basically like real life demolition, man, uh, or not demolition, man. Uh, what was that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger where all the prisoners have to go in and basically like, you know, fight for their lives. But anyway, uh welcome to the gladiator show i i mean i don't dolphins i guess we'll just take a break uh, this segment was nothing until american gladiators anyways uh fantastic i could talk about mike adam lee and fucking larry zonka all day i love it i love it so oh larry I, zonka. I, that's how we got there well and before we end um this beautiful segment it, it always said it was filmed at universal studios and i remember like going to disney and i was always like why are we going to disney my parents like saved money like for years to take us to disney and i'm like i want to go to universal studios to yeah. see american gladiators like what are we doing here yeah da, 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 da. that was a, that was every saturday i would watch that shit it was fantastic and then i'm so glad i unlocked this love of american letters i didn't know you had and i've known you for years oh yeah because this has been the best one of the best segments in uh perfectville history i mean you would like, just see you would see these fools like try to score on that stupid ball game we're talking about just get german <laughs> suplexed and eat their own knees and just all their teeth just out of their mouth like just, I, I mean, I want to see a greatest hits of American Gladiators and just see you can just see the CTE develop with every <laughs> single hit. Like it's insane. And it was in such a perfect time in the late 80s, early 90s. Nobody gave a fuck. Like, nope. No one gave yeah. a fuck. There's no lawyers watching it like, oh, I can make some money off this. They're like, fuck yeah, popcorn in hand. And these people are just signing waivers so they can get on TV and just get fucking drop kicked yeah. by China from WWE, basically. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember that one where they would have the the you know that fucking 
goddamn humongous King Kong motherfucker on a on a pedestal, and then you would just get on a rope if you were the competitor and just try to swing your body and knock them off the pedestal, and it never worked. Like never, four hundred pound monster, and you're just like, okay, here I come, we. And then the way you fell was so dangerous. Like you watch like Wipeout down there falling into like ten feet of water. These guys are falling on like wrestling mats, like from a local high school, and like neck first from like ten feet up. Yeah, Uh, it's just it was not. uh, It was it was it certainly uh, was not child viewing appropriate like uh, crossing in Kahoo would be on Blues Clues. But uh, anyway, I guess we're gonna be done with this segment. We'll end with American Gladiators. Uh, Race is gonna have a field day with this. All right, we'll come back. We'll uh, speaking of American Gladiators, the head coach of the Detroit Lions, our former interim head coach, looked like he could have been an American Gladiator himself. We'll talk about Dan Campbell, DeAndre Swift, Jared Goff. And the entire Detroit Lions team as they play the Miami Dolphins right after these words. Winter is coming, ladies and gentlemen. It is fall, but don't forget about the holidays. Maybe you got a late birthday this year for your loved one, your son, your daughter, your aunt, your uncle, your favorite dog, whatever. doesn't matter. You can get everything that you need at Amazon.com by way of WelcomeToPerfectville.com. Just go to welcometoperfectville.com and click the Amazon link, and it'll take you to Amazon.com. No hidden charges, no extra fees, just your normal Amazon.com shopping experience by way of welcometoperfectville.com. But because you took that one teeny, itsy-bitsy extra step in going to welcometoperfectville.com first, you throw a couple dollars back to the welcometoperfectville.com piggy bank. You help keep the lights on, you help keeping the show going, all the fun stuff. That happens simply by going to Amazon.com by way of welcome to perfectville.com. I thank you. Chris thanks you. The website thanks you. The podcast thanks you. Everybody thanks you. And your people in your life will be thanking you when you get them all the cool stuff this holiday season at Amazon.com by way of welcome to perfectville.com. And welcome back to Perfectville. Chris Cullen, Sam Marcoux. Uh, what do we have? Believe Network. Presented by Bet Online, I am fatigued from this American Gladiators talk that we just went through here, Chris. I, uh, we, 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 we spent more time in in the commercial break talking about more things about American Gladiators. Uh, just, just a fantastic show. If you've never seen it, for the younger folks of Perfectville, YouTube it. You can find it. It, it was just a brutal, brutal game <laughs> that uh, I don't think it was human cockfighting that I don't think would uh, would pass today's standards. But uh, you know what else wouldn't pass today's standards is this defense from the Detroit Lions, Chris. What a god-awful uh, experiment this is in Detroit right now. The Miami Dolphins are going to Detroit. The last time we actually won in Detroit, believe it or not, is like 2006. So it's been a minute since the Miami Dolphins have actually gone. To but to be on. fair, can I can I jump in there? Because I've seen this stat. Joe Shad is pushing it all around social media. We play in Detroit every eight years. <laughs> like, yeah. So that that yeah, year is like because like the one, so because you always play a home and an away every four years with the NFC opponent. So, like, yeah, we haven't won in Detroit since then. And it sounds like that was a year after high school. So it sounds for me, so that sounds bad. But yeah, I think we've played there once or twice since then. Like, I mean. Well, so here's the thing that that you're right. And I think the the stat is skewed because of of that. But it's a reach. It's a reach. We haven't won in general since 2006 against the Lions. We played them three times. We've lost three times. Uh, Detroit beat us 34 to 27 in 2010. They beat us 20 to 16 in 2014. And they beat us 32 to 21 in 2018. So two of those games were in Miami. One was in Detroit. We haven't won in quite some time. Um, and it, it, it that's just that's just the reality. So uh, I think we that's owe fair. them. 
Yeah. yeah and, and then 2006, the win was Joey Harrington, if I uh, do remember correctly, who I believe was drafted by the Lions uh, out he of was. Oregon. And uh, the game we lost in Detroit uh, that I do remember is that Brent Grimes interception game where he had the one-handed thing. I was actually on a Disney cruise during that game and somehow was able to watch it uh, <laughs> out like in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico. Um, and yeah, we lost. That was tough. Uh, Stafford beat us. So yeah, we, you know, I, I was just trying to call out the timing. It, it sounds worse than it is. If you're the Vikings and you haven't beat the Lions since 2006, that's terrible. Yeah. Um. In, in Detroit, but it, like you said, it's time. They're one and five. They're cool on hard knocks. I like Dan Campbell, but it's time to go out there and, and not play down to our opponents and take care of business and win this thing handedly. Yeah. The birds are chirping in Detroit. I'm, if you follow anything on social media and you you follow the Detroit Lions like I do for some weird reason, I do. You can see that the fans are starting to turn on Dan Campbell. You know his his tough guy act. Um. I think they like it i think he actually personifies detroit in general and that they're tough gritty and losers but uh that he he <laughs> that was a very nice <laughs> um, but he but but i think his act is wearing a little bit thin there jared goff is not the answer there De- deandre swift looked like he will play in this game but he's coming back from injury he's an oft injured very talented running back amon ross st brown is coming off a concussion he's probably going to play as well so the detroit lions will have some weapons back but right now jamal williams their backup running back seems to be their best player tj hawkinson he's injured i don't know if he's going to play or not he did not participate in practice today very talented tight end but this defense chris if the miami dolphins can't put up at least 20 to 25 points minimum against this very bad Detroit Lions defense, then there's something going on in Miami that you and I will need to talk about next week. Yeah, we have to come out and just win this game handily. Uh, it's one of those, if you want to be one of the better teams in the AFC, you play a team like the Lions and you just go out there, you put up a quick 28 and the defense holds. Jared Goff makes bad decisions. Um, the good thing is last time we played Jared Goff, with with the Rams, we had that just like boat race of a game where it was like the Ogba, you know, sack fumble, Van Ginkle scooped it and scored. Uh, We sacked him multiple times on zero blitzes. Um, He's not a good quarterback. He's just not. And um, no matter how bad you feel bad for Detroit and how it's just like they've not been a good team for, well, ever. um, (laughs) Like, I mean, really, um, you go out there, if you're the Miami Dolphins and you just put add another win to the win column because there's going to be other AFC teams playing AFC teams that are going to, somebody's going to lose and you got to win these games. And if you want to be a playoff team, you win an ugly game in Pittsburgh. And then the next week you follow that up with a uh, easy win in Detroit and don't fuck around because that's what we normally do. And uh, we can't do that anymore. Yeah. This is a game that if you lose, you're going to look back at the end of the year and regret it. Um, even if you make the playoffs, you'd be like, we should have been a fourth seed instead of a seventh seed because we lost that damn Detroit Lions game. There is no reason for the Miami Dolphins to lose this game, even with all the injuries that they have sustained on the defensive side of the ball. I will say this, their offensive line, meaning Detroit Lions, has been pretty damn good this year. So I'm looking at this game. I know Emmanuel Ogba looks like he's going to come back. Jalen Phillips is heating up. Uh, Christian Wilkins is out there. Of course, Raekwon Davis, when he's healthy, he's out there. Uh, Zach Sealer's done well. And then, of course, you got the guys like Van Ginkle, Melvin Ingram. Um, those are the guys that have to bring pressure and and really what they have to do is I think stop the run game, but I wouldn't bring a lot of fancy blitzes right now, uh, especially with a beat up, you know, maybe undermanned secondary. I wouldn't be bringing additional pass rushers because I want as many people in coverage as I can possibly get to try to disrupt those passing lanes for Jared Goff and his wide receivers, tight ends and running backs, whoever they may be in this game. So this is a game where I usually am for aggressive blitzing, but Brandon Jones isn't in this game and he's probably our best blitzer on the defense. I, I'm going to go a little more conservative on defense if I'm uh, the Miami Dolphins here, Chris and Josh Boyer, and I'm going to 
trust that my frontline defense can get some pressure on Jared Goff. And if not, that's okay because I've got a bunch of bodies behind them that are either going to stop the play once it gets completed or as it runs downfield or going to break it up or create a turnover. Three interceptions against Kenny Pickett was fantastic to see considering we only had one coming into that game. Um, that's what I would do. I would play a little bit more conservative, kind of like late 90s, early 2000s type Miami Dolphins defense, Ben, don't break, and then trust that my wide receivers, my tight ends, my running backs, and my quarterback are going to put points up and boat race these guys right out of Detroit. Here's what I do as Mike McDaniel, and I'm writing it down as I'm thinking about it. <clears throat> um, the analytics come into play, and you're like, well, their offense isn't great. Our defense is pretty good. Let's just go out there, play it safe, and you know, score 16, 20 points and hold them off and, and win this game. I, I, I say throw that out the window. I say you go out and I, I air raid the fuck out of this team. I mean, you go out and you're just like five wide, going deep, like, I don't care if you're up 14, we're still throwing it 40 yards down the field. Just score, 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 and literally make it a point to where Jared Goff is like, after the game, the coaches and, and all the pundits are like, well, you know, that's obviously not the game plan. Have Jared Goff throw it 50 times, but when you're losing by 21, you have to. Like, that's what you need to do. Like, this isn't like keep them in it, go up 10 and kind of get conservative. Uh, I, I want to go out there and let Tua fucking feed you block uh hutchinson and that's really all you have to really worry about um and and, and we're, we're boat racing like we said i mean you got to go out there and put up just if we're not in the 30s something something's wrong um I, we honestly need to be i don't care it's not like it's a scary home field advantage for them the crowd's not I mean, if they even have anybody in the stands, I mean, it's just, they don't, it's, they're one in five other than a Dan Campbell revenge game, which is it a revenge game? We gave him an interim job and gave him an opportunity. Like, no, uh, you go out there and you, and you completely just steamroll this fucking team. Yeah. I, and, and look, I, here, here's my prediction. I think Raheem Mostert gets over a hundred yards total in terms of passing and rushing the um, I think Tua Tungvalu has a couple of touchdown throws, um, and I think Tyreek and Jalen look like Tyreek and Jalen. Uh, there's no reason why they should not be thriving against this very bad Detroit uh, line. In fact, statistically, I think the worst in the league when it comes to uh, pass defense. So I think the Miami Dolphins are going to put up a bunch of uh, points on this game. I think they're going to do what I thought they were going to do against Pittsburgh. They're going to make that happen against Detroit. I think there were some obvious mistakes that can be fixed very quickly from coaching to play calling to execution of those plays. Uh, and I think they get it right against this Detroit Lions team. Uh, I'm going to go first because I always let you go first. But uh, I, I think the Miami Dolphins put up 31 points. And I think the Lions realistically get seven. But I'll be generous and say they get a late touchdown. So 31-14 Miami Dolphins on the road against the Detroit Lions. Wow. So uh, this is why we do this. And this is why we're so good together, Sam. I have it written down. I promise you can hear the paper in the background if you're only listening only. Um, so pen pencil down, pencils down, right? Uh, I got two uh, for 280 and three touchdowns in this one. I got the Miami Dolphins winning handedly 34-16. Look at that. You got them 31-14, 34-16. Um, honestly, <laughs> this sounds like, oh, yeah, of course. Who wouldn't? It, it's real easy to say that. I would literally come out and whatever we did in the fourth quarter against Baltimore, just do it the whole game. Yeah. Like just fucking go deep, go crazy balls to the wall, your backs to the wall, have that mindset that I want to just come out and just completely just dominate, uh, set the tone and, and 
go after it on offense to where our defense doesn't even have to sweat it. Because uh, Jared Goff's not leading a big comeback. Um, even though he's coming off injury, uh, Swift hasn't played since week three. Um, it, we take the run game completely out of it if we're just scoring at will. I would love to win the toss and not even defer. Just take the ball and go. Go get seven. Uh, send the defense out there. The crowd's already out of it. And just this is a game you win 34 to 16 or 31 to 14, Sam. This is a game. Do you do that? Like if yeah. you want to be a, a, a playoff team uh, in a very, very competitive AFC, you go beat the shit out of the bad NFC teams. Like it's period. End of story. No, I agree. And uh, I think you get it done early. And that way I can turn the channel and watch American Gladiator uh, repeats on uh, yeah. Peacock or whatever they house those on these days. So uh, you've got it. 34 to 16. I've got it 31 to 14. Uh, we both have two having a pretty good game in this one. It sounds like maybe uh, the wide receivers are going to have a good one in this one. Um, Chris, anything else about this game or in general before we get out of here? Uh, rest in peace, Siren. <laughs> rest in peace to Siren, the deaf gladiator that we looked up in the uh, in, in, in the commercial break. And- My favorite episode in six years of Welcome to Perfectville is the Detroit Lion mashup American Gladiator. Dan Campbell, by the way, American Gladiator, right? Wouldn't well, he, he'd be like would, the can opener, right? Yeah. What would be his name? He'd be the Danimal, right? He'd be, he'd yeah, Danimal or like Campbell the can opener, right? Yeah. Campbell Soup. Yeah. Cam- Campbell the can. Uh, yeah. I was just thinking, like, because Dumbbell the, Campbell. <laughs> The uh, uh, I like the can. I like they're I all like the, one words. We it has yeah. to be something. I like the can because uh, he's probably gonna get fired after we beat his team. <laughs> um, the so I just thinking about this, Chris, real quick. I know we're supposed to be out of here, but American Gladiators always started with the referee going, "Gladiator ready, player ready," and then blew the whistle. How did Siren know when to go? Because he blew the whistle. Uh, he just maybe the always hand down step. too. Maybe the hand down too. Yeah, Perhaps. it had to be. There had to be a visual clue. Someone off the it's camera, just... dude. Good for her. Like I can't wait. I'm sort of God. I'm rewatching this fucking entire thing because it went from '89 to '96. Like this isn't just like yeah. a two season. Like we're just like kind of season two through four are the was. best. Season two through oh, four yeah. are the best. Yeah, yeah, by far. Uh, and, and it's like it, it's a great show. So production value is there. If you got a deaf play there's someone off camera with like a fucking you know tassel or something to let her know to go or a smoke signal something do you think she knew her name was siren or they're just like fuck it call her siren <laughs> siren get over here <laughs> like she- oh no you didn't you didn't do that. oh no we'll, we'll <laughs> bleep so it out. Red. no one so no one will ever hear it including siren <laughs> so it's fine. Oh, man. You it need is... to just host from Vegas all the time. <laughs> and we just talk about nostalgic game shows from the 90s. I can feel the blood in my face right now. This is. Uh, uh, I mean, so... what, what, who's the fucking asshole who named the deaf gladiator? Siren. Siren. Like, why did you go? Why did you get a blind one? Go, here's vision. Like, what the fuck? That's so stupid. I mean, like, OK, but what's the counter to that? What are you, are you going to call her whisper? Like, are you? Like silence, like what are you gonna call her? Jessica. Like what the no, fuck? Like no, they have to be it's it's sky, it's saber, it's havoc, it's saber was tight. Jazz. Saber saber ended up being and there Jax. is a jazz, by the way. Jazz okay. is there. So yeah, uh, so saber ended up being uh Jax in the original Mortal Kombat movie, by the way. Just a little bit of trivia for you. 
Oh, the metal arm. All right. Yep. Yeah, we got lace. Lace is a good one. Electra is a good one. Electra was Electra was my favorite. She had this big old, she had this big hair, like big hair. Dude, a lot of these guys are dead. It's really oh, yeah. sad. The Wikipedia well, is terrible. I mean, they're just about, I mean, they're like, the size of a walnut because yeah, of the steroids. <laughs> they rubbed they rubbed steroids all over their body and then like slid all over each other. I mean, they, they weren't they weren't long for this world. They, they Atlas, knew what they Atlas, yeah. Storm yeah, yeah. Turbo. Atlas, Turbo is a good one. Yeah, Turbo was good. Gemini, who was like, I'm pretty sure that guy, he was like male pattern baldness. He was probably 28. He looked like he was about 57 season one. Yeah. If you look up Gemini, he just looked way old. Michael Horton is Gemini. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Gemini's better he was than no, he, he was better known before his Gladiator debut of losing on the Bob Eubanks <laughs> card sharks and press your luck. Um, we talked about this off air. My favorite um, Malibu. Malibu, Malibu, one season with the long blonde hair. Season one, 89. He reprised his role as Malibu on t- an episode of Tosh.0. I'm going to have to look that up. So uh, his name is Daron McBee, Darren McBee. He was, uh, dude, he's in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. He played Mo- Motero. Okay. Yeah. He's in yeah, it he's as Motaro. well. Yeah. 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 So something about Malibu, and I don't know what episode, he was only in one season, but he got legit pissed off because somebody like scored on him in that football game thing that we we're talking about. And like the very next play, he, I mean, he, he assaulted a guy. Like I'd have to go back and look at, but like that dude was legit pissed off and it was pretty funny. Yeah. He was known for his blonde hair, tan skin, and surfer persona. Uh, Dude, fucking, you can't make this shit up. American Gladiators is just like the golden corral of fucking 90s everything. Just everything about it was perfect. Deep fried entertainment. Uh, Well, I guess with that, the only thing left to say, we're still in the air. (laughs) This is great. This is great. Goodbye. From Perfectville. Later. It's Crossed in Kahoo! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.